Hey friends, I have a new ad partner that I think you're going to love because I already love them. And that is Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix sends style so good that you can feel it. They deliver all the confidence that comes with a truly amazing outfit without any of the work. With Stitch Fix, you get a stylist who understands your style, your size, and your budget, and they do all the shopping for you. It's the easiest way to transform your wardrobe. I feel like they just get me. They do get you. They just knew what would look right on me, and I hate taking stuff out. Yes. So it's like Christmas when you open that box, and you're like, how did you know? Exactly. It is Christmas, and I cannot wait till my next one. So go ahead, take the leap, do Stitch Fix, get your own personal stylist, and feel as bougie as we do these days using Stitch Fix, but not for a crazy price because they get your budget. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash naked. That's stitchfix.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Stitchfix.com slash naked. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Hello and welcome back to the Naked Marriage Podcast. We are Dave and Ashley Willis. And on this podcast, we address the truth about sex, intimacy, and lifelong love. And you guys, we have some of our just heroes in the podcast room right now. And I hope you watch this and not just listen to it. But we have the Youngs here today. And it is just going to be an amazing episode. We're so excited. Ed and Lisa Young. Guys, these are absolute legends. Legends. And I don't use that word lightly. These are legends in ministry, and they've impacted us uh, for so long. Even though we're just meeting them for the first time today, I feel like we know them. Mm-hmm. A little bit about them. Uh, Ed spent years as a professional male model <laughs> before <laughs> beginning. <laughs> no, I'm just. Uh-huh. He said he was going to make up stuff. Right. So here we Making go. Making a bio. Oh, that's <laughs> good. I like that, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah stick yeah. with it. Uh-huh. Stick with it. Uh, Calvin Klein was uh, yes. his biggest client. And, oh, my goodness. You know, the truth about Ed, Ed and Lisa, they are. Two of the most gifted, authentic, and influential leaders within all of Christianity, and I don't, I don't say that lightly. They're founders of Fellowship Church, uh, which for more than the last two decades has become, you know, one of the most innovative and influential churches anywhere in the world. Uh, the author of something like combined, I think it's like 347 books they've yeah. written together. <laughs> it's right around there. Close. And amazing books. In fact, one of the first books I was handed in ministry, and I told this story to Ed before we got here. Uh, was the creative leader when I was just mm-hmm. starting out as a as an as an assistant youth pastor. It was like That's the right. lowest rung on the ladder. It was I did the jobs that not even the youth that. pastor wanted to do. They were like, "You do, so, but you did it creatively. I did it creatively. Yes, you did. I did it with a smile. Uh-huh. Yes. And and uh, no, that book really helped me, and it, it introduced me to ministry. And and from there, you guys have continued to influence us from a distance and now up close, guys. Uh, they are hosting our EXO conference this coming weekend and also speaking and you do not want to miss it. They're also going to be hosting the upcoming creative marriage podcast and you're going to get a little sneak preview of that right now. So let's dive into our conversation (laughs) with the youngs. 
Well, like we said in the intro, we are literally interviewing some of our heroes today, even though we're just meeting them for the first time. So I, like, I feel like I know, I've known you guys because I've stalked you online for so long and learned <laughs> from you and read your books and watched sermons. And and uh, thank you. Thank you for being here, guys. Ed yes. and Lisa Young, they're sitting right here. I can't thank believe it. Thank you for it. having us. We're so happy to be yeah, here. Yeah, we are. Oh, it's going to be fun. We've had a good talk already. We've covered Kentucky basketball. <laughs> we've covered... Yeah, um, Lots of different topics. So yes. I'm excited to see what we're going to like talk about on the on the podcast. I know. We might not get to any of the actual questions, but we're going to have a good time. <laughs> That's right. No doubt. That's right. So take us back. I, this isn't even on there, but I want to know like the origin story of how you two got together. It seems like I've read this somewhere or heard one of you talk about it somewhere, but just right here live, like what's the love story? How did it start? We love it. It's great. <laughs> I'm you sure it is. Or you want me to? You tell it. Okay. You better. I love telling it because it was so special. But Ed and I met in Sunday school. Nice. And uh, in church Bible study class. Is that old whatever, school? Sunday, a, a Sunday school. Sunday school. I love it. So uh, he sent a note or, yeah, is that right? Or I sent a note or something. I can't remember. No, that. your friend, David Bubbles Swindler. Swindler. That was his is that name. a great name? Yeah. Bubbles. Bubbles. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, yeah. He handed me a note. It was he wrote it. Yeah. He, he wrote, wrote he it said, on my behalf. Yeah. And oh and goodness. so he gave this note to Ed and said, Your, Hey, the love note had a ghostwriter? Yes. Like, <laughs> and so he I, that is funny. That's I never really thought about funny. that. But he wrote it on my behalf because he I had told him that I liked Ed. And so he was I you know, really, I owe him a lot of money or something, or a big hug at least. Uh, but anyway, so we met at church and started dating, and we were 15. Um, I think maybe you were 14. I'm a cougar by three months. Yeah. Nice. So anyway, but um, Ed told me like a couple months in or whatever that he was going to marry me. And I was like, okay, prophetic. I don't. That's it. I, 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 I was like, I, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. I said, and so anyway, he was right, and we did. And so we we went to. Uh, we didn't go to the same high school, but um, commuted back and forth on dates. And uh, then when he went to Florida State to play basketball, my parents loved him so much that they were like, "Sure, you should go to Florida State too." So I followed him right there. Um, we dated, uh, I guess, six years, were engaged, mm -hmm. and then got married. And I wouldn't necessarily recommend the 15-year-old thing for my children or for someone else's children, because I think that's kind of unusual to meet your your husband or wife at that juncture, but it, it, it's, it's possible. And the fact that we met in church, that set some good yeah. standards. Yes. That's great. And so, Bubbles, if you're listening yeah, right bubbles. now, <laughs> right in. We want to send you a free T-shirt for helping make this possible. Uh, that's no, that's 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 beautiful. I love it. And so, you guys have been married how long now? It'll be 40 years this wow. year. Wow, oh, that's a big one. Yeah. That is so. Awesome. It is a big one. You it know really what? Is. Our first anniversary started out with Ed and I going to beach retreats at church. We were uh, leaders, which is kind of like a summer camp. It's like summer okay. camp. Yeah, and, for, for kids. Yeah, yeah. So Ed and I would would I would be in a cabin full of girls. He would have a bunch of guys, and so our anniversaries were not like big things. You know, in our early days, but now we tend to you know, emphasize like, okay, this is 40. This is like big. Celebrate. Yes. That's awesome. And you've been in ministry a long time too. And I know we were talking a little bit before this. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, we both sort of grew up in the aquarium of ministry. My mm -hmm. father is also a pastor. Okay. And because we were so young, we started dating or 
today, you know, talking and yes. it became official. <laughs> we were so young. Lisa grew up with our family. Yeah. I tell people this all the time and, and it, it's kind of hard to, I guess, wrap your brain around, but I can't remember a time in my life where I was not recognized by a bunch of people I didn't know. I don't, I don't mean out of popularity. Right. I mean, just as a, as a pastor's kid. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. so I, I loved being, and I still am, of course, a pastor's kid. I think it has many, many advantages. Also, as, as you know, there's also some challenges there. Yeah. Was it, what was, what was you asking? Like, yeah. you know, being in ministry. Yeah. Our, our yeah, so, journey in ministry. So I didn't think, well, I kind of thought, I, I, I shouldn't say that. I kind of thought I would go into the ministry one day, but I majored in the fine arts mm-hmm. and Lisa majored in home economic education. So I didn't really know I would go into the ministry, but through basketball, through being around so many people that didn't know the Lord and then inviting them to the church I was attending and seeing it through their eyes, that was sort of a, a a moment the Holy Spirit used to bring, bring us into the ministry. So I grew up in the ministry. It it became official, I guess, when I was ordained. Yeah. But Ed's father never, ever pushed, Ed is one of three boys, pushed Mm -hmm. them toward ministry. In fact, he said that if you can find something that that you can do Mm -hmm. a calling for your life outside of the church, go do that. But Mm -hmm. if God calls you, then you go into ministry. Wow. So, yeah, so we grew up in it. And then in 1990, you guys were probably, what, four or five years old. We (laughs) we moved up to to Dallas-Fort Worth to start Fellowship Church. And that was when church plants or church starts. It was like no one one was doing it. Yeah. I didn't know what in the world I was doing. I still don't, but... Maybe I know a little bit more today than I did uh, 30 years ago. So we came up in 1990, no, 32 years ago, 1990, with uh, one car, one kid, uh, one dog, one rent house, with about 30 families in in this uh, rented facility. Because, again, I was 28, and I had never passed her before. But the weird thing was, at the time, I, I worked with Dad. His church was probably, during that time, the most attended church in America. Right. So I, I moved from that a staff. Their, their staff has like 1,300 people or some unbelievable number. I moved from that to like, here we are. It's, it's you guys. Yeah. It's just I say, I, we did. Yeah. yeah. We. I think they they installed the typewriter yeah. the day we came, which tells you how long ago that was because it was nice. a typewriter, not a laptop. So that that's how, so we just grew up together in ministry. Then it became official when we actually... I mean, the, the, the ministry, when we were um, here, um, I was, we were both 28 years old. That's amazing. And what, you've, oh what you goodness. guys and what God has done through you to, it, it fellowship, it really is just, it's a movement. It's, a, it, it's something that's so powerful. And you two are just so gifted at creating environments that make people feel safe. It's authentic. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why folks can walk into fellowship from all different walks of life whether they've been in church all their life or whether they're just kicking the tires and they're like, what's up with this Jesus thing? Yes. And you have such a gift of helping them feel connected and finding common ground with folks. And is that something you've Thank you. always had? Is Or is that something you've really had to work to to develop? I, I Lisa has the gift of hospitality. In fact, her, her mom and dad, I mean, you know, hospitality is commanded in scripture. A lot of people right. don't talk about that, but of course you know it. Lisa's family was so hospitable and Lisa is hospitable. So that along with, I guess... 
I would tend to develop more relationships with, with, with people outside, um, uh, the family of God, uh, more people that, you know, don't know the Lord just, just through what I, what I have, uh, I enjoyed say, recreationally. Yeah. And even now, right. um, I do a lot of fishing, mm-hmm. you know, it's a biblical sport fishing. It is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I try to do that with a lot of people who don't know the Lord, because I found in my own life, and Lisa and I too, and we have a lot of friends who are not believers. When you're around people who aren't believers, many times you go, whoa, I'm I'm talking about stuff. I mean, it's great. It's from scripture and everything, but I need to always remember how to pose those questions and how to address those issues yeah. that that my friends that my friends are asking. So I would say that. I don't know what I would say. also add to that that our years at Florida State they were some of the most difficult days for Ed oh, and I because we were the only Christians <laughs> that we, I mean, we, well, we got there. It was at the time that Ed and I attended Florida State. It was rated the number one party school in America. Wow. So I had never been in an environment like and that. And we were in a co-ed dorm, athletic dorm. Oh, yeah. Lived on separate floors. <laughs> the athletes but... lived lived alone. We had maid service. There was a full bar. I mean, hard liquor at the bottom of this privately owned. It was Sodom and Gomorrah. So, so Lisa and I counted too. I know I'm interrupting you, but three out of seven hundred people in the dorm went to church. And wow, he and I were two. Of you were three. two of the three. You were yeah, two of the three. Another girl, another girl who was Catholic. She joined. You know, her church was right down the street, and she walked wow. there. But Ed and I would drive. And I remember when we went into the dorm. You know, we we yearn to be involved in church because as much as we um, have relationships with people who are far away from God, it's the core that gives us the strength course, yeah. to do that. Yeah. Our mm-hmm. closest friends have always been Christ followers, always yeah, been yes. people who are moving in the same direction. But at Florida State, Ed has always said we were around some spectacular sinning. And so <laughs> oh, like- when, when we decided to go to Dallas and... Um, start fellowship church that was kind of the the basis by which we mm-hmm. structured our church so that anyone of his teammates from Florida State or anybody that had lived in our dorm could walk through the doors of fellowship and they would hear the gospel they would hear yeah. the bible yeah. taught in a relevant way but it wouldn't go over their heads mm-hmm. and so they feel a, safe. They, they feel, feel yes. safe. Seen and, and like, we, we do focus on hospitality. We want people to walk in. A lot of times, people are coming to church either because they're hurt, um, broken, or maybe they just don't know their purpose in life. And yet, when they come in, maybe they've taken that first step, but they don't feel comfortable. So it's our job to help them feel comfortable. We always say that we're going to become uncomfortable mm-hmm. in order to make them comfortable. Yeah, we say we want to be comfortably uncomfortable. uncomfortable. That's yeah, that's sort good. of a... Yeah. We're comforted by God, but we become uncomfortable for other people. And, you know, I could sit in a worship experience and pretty much I've, I've been a Christian since I was nine years old, and I could understand a lot that someone else could not. And that's that's where, you know, a lot of times we get too comfortable in that and we forget that there are those outside the walls of the church that are far away from God. So we grew up in a different, the juxtaposition between great Christian homes, both of us, mm-hmm. and due to the circumstances she described around a lot of people who who don't know the Lord. So we, we've tried, you know, to, to by, by God's grace, bridge those worlds. Right. We talk about the, I mean, obviously we're a Bible teaching, Bible believing church, 
yet we try to unpack it so people can understand, you know, the menu, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I mean, that's what we're really called to do. Exactly. As Christ followers, you know, we we don't want to make it so that, you know, we're speaking in Christianese or that we're talking Mm -hmm. about things in ways that people are like, Exactly. It's weird. And they kind of write you off. And you don't know? you think it's kind of like we we get into that zone where we're we're fired up for the Lord and we want to be around others who are fired up for the Lord. And that's where we are most comfortable. Yeah. And so it's a fight in mm-hmm. order to have people in our lives who are far away from God. And Ed does a, a great job. He's taught me so much about establishing relationships, but yet not compromising your moral values and your biblical values. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, a, that's always a challenge, but we're yeah. called to be salt and light and leaven. And... Right. Because it's so easy to it. just get in a bubble and that's stay right. there. Yeah. And, and to feel safe in your little bubble. Yeah. Yeah. To feel safe yeah. there and to just kind of like point point at all the the lost world and be like, yeah. oh, I'm glad we're not like those guys. And, I mean, but it's like, it, are we helping anybody by doing that? that? Yeah. But you know, one of the things that we've talked about early on, and I was looking back at just the menu of different messages and talks we've done. Early on, we started talking about marriage a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot. We've done a series on marriage, and I would say at least 30 out of 32 years of ministry. At wow. least. Maybe more than that. That's so that's amazing. something too mm-hmm. that that I mean that's obviously a felt need. Of course, it's the only relationship that's analogous to God's relationship with His people. We know that, but right. that that has been uh, one of the things that we've enjoyed talking about, and I think that that people have really leaned into the church because you know when you talk about marriage, you guys do such a great job at it. You have to kind of put it out there, and I, many times I think a lot of those of us who are pastors were like, "Whoa, you know, yes, mm, I don't know." Yeah. One goal we've had as a family lately is to try to just eat healthier, and junk is sometimes more convenient, and we're eating unhealthy, not because we want to, but it's just because it's what's easy to grab. But then came along Thrive. That's right. Thrive Market is helping us in really simple, practical ways. And as a Thrive Market member, we save money on every single grocery order. On average, we save over 30% each time, which I mean, I don't know about you, but I love saving money. They even have a deals page that changes daily and always has some of our favorite brands, which right now we are loving the Hum brand, Zero Sugar Kombucha. And so check those out. Go to Thrive Market, join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash naked for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash N-A-K-E-D, thrivemarket.com slash naked. I love learning. I know that sounds nerdy and dorky, but I just love learning. I love understanding history and how things fit together and what's happening in the world. But if you're like me, you're busy and it's hard to learn. It can be expensive to learn. Maybe you want to keep learning and growing. You're like, I don't know how to fit that into my schedule. I got the perfect solution for you. And it's Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College is a world-class accredited university that's offering some of their core courses for free. I mean, absolutely free. They're just wanting to spread knowledge here. I'm telling you, it sounds too good to be true, but it really is true. They're making it possible for you to learn about world economics and things like ancient Christianity, which I highly recommend. It's an 11 lecture course where you study the inspiring stories of Christ and his apostles, 
and the faithful ones throughout the first centuries of Christianity, plus learning the, the basics of Christian apologetics. And guys, you can do this for free. You're, I'm so excited about what Hillsdale does. I love their commitment to faith and values, and you can take part in this by going to hillsdale.edu naked to enroll at no cost. And it's easy to get started. It's H-I-L-L-S-D-A-L-E dot E-D-U slash N-A-K-E-D to register. That's Hillsdale dot E-D-U slash naked. Now, you all have done such a great job with that. And I I wanted, I'm glad you brought this up because I wanted to ask, you know, you've been in ministry for such a long time. How would you say being in ministry has both blessed your marriage and challenged your marriage? Because I know it's probably done both. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, and I, I don't know if you guys want to speak to that in some I would way. say that it's it's a blessing. Even the negative is a blessing because it, as Ed said, it's like living in a fishbowl and people are watching. But because yeah. people are watching, you tend to stay on your game better. True. Right. Isn't yeah. that good? Yeah. I mean, actually, our oldest daughter said that when she was challenged with what's it like being a pastor's kid. And she goes, well, life in the aquarium is tough, but it makes me think, you know, other people are watching, so I want to do this right. Mm-hmm. And so Ed and I, um, we've always had fun. We're friends. We, we've enjoyed one another's company of course for 40 years and but it's not always you know sweets perfumey uh great you know date nights all that it's it's not like that all 24/7 there's hard times in any relationship but when you know that god is at the center of it and you're going to work through issues that you have and basically all issues are the same for every couple they're just how you deal with <laughs> That's them so true, is, you know yeah. but um, i think i think the blessing is that we get to teach and share and that causes us to be really um intentional about our relationship yeah I w- so good. I would say too that, yeah, the 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 benefits of it far outweigh the challenges. I would say though the biggest challenge that pastors deal with mm-hmm. is betrayal. Yeah, I don't think there is another occupation aside from being a major college football coach <laughs> <laughs> to where you deal with betrayal on the level. Of pastors, I don't care if you pastor ten people, or whatever someone says, you know, mm-hmm. uh, hundred thousand people, whatever it is. Right. We all deal with that process, that and that not only hurts the pastor and his spouse, but mm-hmm. it can influence and affect the marriage, the kids. Because right. in the business world, someone bolts, it's like, yeah, whatever, or we'll sue them. Right. <laughs> if you're if you're a pastor, it's multidimensional and multifaceted. So I would say betrayal is something mm. that is that is tough. Another tough hurdle would be when everyone else is off, you're on. In other words, people say, "Have a good weekend." I'm like, "No, no, no. Tell me, have a good week." Yeah. 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 So and so right. so those weekends. So when your kids are off, you're on, mm-hmm. and 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 that's something that you have to that you have to work out. So that would be those would be some liabilities, but the but the benefits of having courtside seats, basketball metaphor, to 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 life change, to to being able to, to know that you're being used by God, as Lisa said, accountability, all that is is amazing, and and we get opportunities as as pastors that other people don't get, but I would be lying to you to say. Wow, it's 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 easy because it's kind of like the proverbial, sure. you can be talking about marriage and you're supposed to have this great marriage, 
But as as pastors, it's hard to find someone that you can trust, yeah. especially within the church. Right. Yeah. So that's another thing. So you try to try to keep secrets, or 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 you try to build um, um, barriers around your your life. I, I think it's great for I don't mean to talk about pastors the whole time, but yeah. for pastors to have other pastors as their best friends because yeah. we understand one another yeah, it's a, it's and a we can fraternity. share. We're yeah. struggling in this area, or this is something good. Something like so that. true. Yeah. And if you're a pastor listening to this right now, and you feel the isolation that so many pastors yes. feel, and I get that, um, do do that. Find other pastors, lock arms, maybe in your community, maybe mm-hmm. in other towns, but right. build that friendship. And you know, if you're if you feel like you're not the one being invited to those things, you be the one that's doing the inviting. Yes. And reach out, good. and you create the space, and you be the encourager. And come alongside guys and be their Barnabas and let them be the same for you mm-hmm. and have that accountability. We all need that. We all need it. We all yeah. need it. And so, especially when it comes to marriage, we've seen so many pastors and their wives suffer yeah. and struggle mm-hmm. and there's help available. We it, Here at XO Marriage, we try to be a safe place for that. If you go to xomarriage.com slash help, um, we can you know discreetly help you and get you the connected to resources that can help you and your, your wife move through whatever you're going Great. through. Yeah. So I was just going to say that, and it's not just the pastor, the wives too, because yeah, I do course, think sometimes pastors' wives, you know, they can feel that. It, it, I'm sure it's a little bit different, but I mean, it's still that that isolation that can often happen. And I know that um, there's many pastors' wives out there that would love to lock arms and and kind of bear That's the right. burden because Absolutely. it is a unique burden. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, uh, the number one uh, negative thing that pastors and pastors' wives find. As far as being in ministry, the number one complaint is isolation. Yeah. They don't feel like they have anybody that they can identify with. And Mm. that in and of itself would play into difficulties in a marriage, difficulties as parents. But you're right with pastors, wives. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Mm. That, yeah. They're maybe more important than the pastor. Oh, goodness. (laughs) For sure. I'm serious. Yeah. No, so they all need each other. We all, we all do. We do. We do. Yes. It's so good. So I, I, you, you guys have such amazing marriage insight, and I'm so excited that they're going to be sharing that marriage insight uh, on a with with XO. Yeah, oh. the the Creative Marriage Podcast is coming. I'm like giddy with excitement <laughs> about. We're giddy with about excitement. That. We are. I can't wait. It's going to be. Awesome. And, and uh, you know, the XO Marriage Conference is coming. In fact, this coming weekend at Fellowship Church uh, is uh, all the campuses of Fellowship Church. Yes, uh, the XO Marriage Conference is going to be happening, and. We're so excited to be partnering with you guys, and but we are as well. Oh, I mean, I'm just, I'm pumped. I'm like, I am pumped. I'm pumped about it. It's going to be awesome. And so, like, before we go into our Q and A today, what can you tell us, like, a little just insight into what you think listeners and viewers can expect from the Creative Marriage Podcast? Oh, wow. It's going to be great because we're going to talk about how to keep your marriage fresh. Crea- creativity is all about romance. And I mean, who doesn't really want to, is. especially all yeah. the wives out there, you want to know about romance, but possibly the guys need to know about romance. Yeah. Yes. So it's it, there's just many facets that's going to make it great. I do. I think that working on your marriage, that's, that's the deal. And when you talk about creativity, creativity takes work. Yes. I mean, we don't just sit there and like, whatever, mm-hmm. but, but, but. I call it the MWE, the marital work ethic. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It's it's amazing how creative we were in this whole, you know, yeah. talking, dating, whatever you want to call it, process, or when it comes official. And then once we get married, it's like, okay, I can just chill. 
mm-hmm. relax, no big deal. But that's when, especially the, the wife is going, oh, Romance now is going to go to a whole nother level. Yes. Yeah, she's right. And the guy's like, I'm just I'm chasing done. Chasing's over. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so we want to we want to talk <laughs> about that true. because at least now I have times of 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 uh, well, me even more so than her being lackadaisical, like just doing same thing, you know, the same way. So that creativity is stopping something and starting something else. You know, mm-hmm. stopping starting, and it's the God given ability I believe to be innovative and to introduce change. But every mm-hmm. time you introduce change. You're going to have conflict. And if you stay with the conflict, you'll have growth. That's good. That's so true. You guys, I can't wait to listen. Like, we're I'm so excited. thrilled. It's going to be yeah. so good. We've got yeah. so much to, we've learned, we have learned. We have learned guys, so much from you. <laughs> and, and it's just, what a cool time that God let us all be alive in a time yes. where technology exists, where, you know, we can, we could benefit from yeah. your ministry for all these years before having even met you. Mm-hmm. And now getting to meet you face to face and, and just the partnership ahead. I'm so pumped. Yes. And I'm going to yes. be first in line to soak up the wisdom from the Creative Marriage Podcast. <laughs> well, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm there for it. We love it. Yes. Because we, st- we want to be like you guys when we grow up. Keep it, keep, keep <laughs> it creative. Keep it we, creative. Yes. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. Yes. Oh, well, are you guys ready for a question? Sure. Oh, yeah. All right. So uh, here on the Naked Marriage Podcast, we always end with a question that you guys write in at nakedmarriagepodcast.com. And of course, you can also write us on Instagram at Dave and Ashley Willis and Facebook. And we appreciate all the questions you send in. It helps us shape whole episodes of this podcast. But we don't see this question on air until... Until... Until right now. Until right now. So... Here it is. Sweetie, you want to you wanna read this one? Sure. All right. I don't like the way my husband initiates intimacy. It always seems like he, quote, checks to see if sex is possible and then changes how he treats me the rest of the evening, depending on his, quote, chances. I love the honesty of this answer or or this question. All right. If he doesn't get the go-ahead signal from me, he ignores me. If I initiate, he seems to take that as evidence that everything is really okay. I don't want to have a sexless marriage, but I'm not sure how to proceed. Ooh, that's tough. I've actually heard... I'm. I'm thinking of a real friend. I'm not going to mention his name. Please, please don't. I'm not going to mention his name. <laughs> this might be from his wife. Oh my gosh. It might be. Seriously, he's might talked be. about this where he's just like, yeah, if I, if I could tell it's not happening that night, it's just like, I'm out. You know, it's oh like my gosh. he's playing probably Call of Duty or he's just <laughs> out the rest oh of the goodness. night. But if he okay. thinks there's a chance, depending on the great, you know, all of a sudden the romance comes there's on. Still a chance. There's still a chance. <laughs> so he's confe- like... And I guess this is um it's probably more very, common. Fairly yeah. common. And so we we empathize with the the lady who wrote this in and we thank mm. you for the question. And our mm. laugh when we laugh, it, it is in no way trying to like undermine, you know, the 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 seriousness of the of of your question. But no. it's just laughing laughing at just just how dumb sometimes we guys can be. Well, and, and it's like a game. I I, right. I, I, th- I see this. This is like a, a game they've fallen into. and But she doesn't feel appreciated. You know, she's feeling used here. Right. And and she's like, oh, you're only going to treat me with respect and kindness and love if you think you're going to get some. But if you're not, then I guess it's, well, it's frankly, just over. That's how so. I felt sometimes if when you're pursuing me for oh, sex. Oh, my goodness. And I say, so not tonight, I have a headache. And then you, you, are you so silly. ignore me the rest of the night. <laughs> And I feel like I'm not just a piece of meat. You want to be a piece I of meat. Needs. You want to be. I want to just be held. That's cool. Oh my That's goodness, not how it, goes, it is totally not. No. But I so want to hear from these people. Our yes, experts. I, I'll jump in because actually, 
it's a wife talking about a husband. Yeah. And yeah. so I feel like maybe the identification of me answering this might be, you know, more on point. Not that Ed doesn't have great things to say about this, but after 40 years of marriage, um, I will tell you that what you're describing is normal. Mm-hmm. That's not unusual. In fact, have you ever seen the pillows that go on a bed and they're monogrammed like on one side that says um, tonight and then the back oh, yes. side says not tonight? And we jest about that, but basically that's a little bit about of a reality that all of us have different moods, passions, and, and very seldom will both of us be in the mood the for sex, mm-hmm. for intimacy at the same time. Sure. Yeah. So it is somewhat of a game, mm-hmm. but to make it where it's not where you're feeling slighted, it's all mm-hmm. about communication. Sure. Right. I mean, this is a talk. This is a perhaps... Uh, you as the wife set the stage for a dinner, a time alone, get the kids to bed if there's children involved, and then have just an open discussion about your feelings. Because as you said, sometimes guys are clueless and they don't know, really, something's wrong. You feel like you're you're being taken advantage of. And so I think communication has to be a starting point, Mm -hmm. has to be a starting point. And then you explain how you're feeling and then go from there. That's, I love it. That's gold. Yeah. Wow. Drop that's the mic. No. That's right. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't have anything to add to that, Lisa. That's brilliant. We have never purchased one of those pillows, by the way. Neither have we. No. <laughs> no. no. I haven't I, seen those, though. I bought one will... that just says tonight on both sides. <laughs> tonight. Tonight. That's good. But one of the things that I think is what women, and maybe it's, both men and women, but especially women, don't understand. We have the privilege, not the duty, yes. but the privilege right. to meet and fulfill our spouse's sexual needs. And you, we have to look at that as a blessing because if it's not us, then who is it? Right. So this is a, a privilege that you get to satisfy your spouse's needs. And when you have that perspective, you're going to move in the flow of that desire to fulfilling that desire absolutely that's good and i I will just say to the to the guy listen just always be sweet and thoughtful and tender with your with your wife that's it whether whether you feel like sex is possibly going to happen maybe going to happen or definitely not going to happen to let her feel your tenderness and your your compassion and your pursuit of her and her heart not just her body but her mind body and soul um at all times and and i think that I don't know. I think that that alone might she might feel more inclined more often if That's she great. felt if she felt respected and pursued in that well, way. Well, absolutely. And I think I don't know if she's told him this. Like I would I would just ask her. I, I think if she could, you know, in a calm way, not like in the heat of the moment, not mm-hmm. you know, in a fight, but it's in a calm way. Say, listen. I don't want to, I mean, just as plainly as she said it to us, like, I don't want to have a sexless marriage. I really want to enjoy sex with you, but I feel like you treat me differently based on whether or not you think we're going to have sex. And that makes me feel like, like you're only finding my value in what I can do for you physically. Mm -hmm. And I know that's not how you feel. Like give him the benefit of the doubt and say, you probably don't even know you're doing this, you know, but you go to the other room and you ignore me the rest of the night, or you are really short with me, you know, when... I, I can't, you know, when it, when you think that it's not going to happen. And I think sometimes, again, like we were talking about, sometimes it's we assume our spouse knows things. We assume that our eye rolls or our 
are turning around or whatever is is giving the message, but we have to use our words. Just like we tell our kids, we have to use our words. Mm-hmm. Use and words. and it's like, and not in a snarky way, but just in a nice way. And just share your heart with your husband because odds are he may not even realize that he's fallen into this pattern. And so it's going to take you needing to be honest with him about that. Boom. Guys, so much, so much wisdom. And, and just, it was just a little sneak preview of what you can expect on the Creative <laughs> Marriage Podcast. It's going to be gold. I mean, it's just, I, I can't wait. You guys we can't wait either. You guys are a gift to the, to the world, to the body and to us. And we're just, we're excited for you to, for you to can continue to share that and for us to just be able to soak it up because yes. we just so appreciate it. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for, thanks for hosting us for XO this coming weekend. Guys, if you're listening right now and you haven't yet registered for the XO Marriage Conference at Fellowship Church, get signed up. You can go to xomarriage.com and get all the details. Uh, I promise this is going to be an incredible year. Just looking at the lineup, I'm I'm giddy with excitement. Yes. I am too. And for you, those of you who are premium subscribers, please make sure that you go on over to your premium subscription and listen to some more golden nuggets from this couple right here because it's going to be awesome. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.